0: You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition.
1: Real, authentic, effective communication between a husband and a wife, or any two people in a household for that matter, requires two very, very important things. Here they are. One, listening to understand. Not listening to counter. Not listening to win an argument. Not listening so you can debate but listening to understand what the person is meaning to say.
0: In your most important relationships, how do you approach communication? When life is going well, it's easy to be an attentive listener. But what happens when it gets bad? Today, Pastor Jeff explains that you need to focus on being the best listener you can be to those around you. There is no higher form of loving others than being a listener. And if you want to make a change in the lives of those you love, you need to hold your tongue. Be the change you want to be through the power of God's perfect love. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of Psalms, chapter 101, as he begins his message, What Did You Say?
1: In the 1967 Paul Newman movie, and I I was talking earlier this week to Heidi who leads worship for us, does a great job. As as she was, we were just talking about it. I said, I'm going to quote something from the 1967 movie uh, that Paul Newman was in. And then we both realized she wasn't even born then. That really aged me because I watched it way back when, 1967. Remember the movie Cool Hand Luke? Everybody remember the Cool Hand Luke? You're old enough to remember it. All right. The rest of you, God bless you. But a line was quoted in that movie that became famous in our culture, and it's used all the time. It was culturally assimilated. And the line is this. What we have here is a failure to communicate. See, you all knew it. What we have here is a failure to communicate. And you know, that really says it all because that's really our problem. Ever since Babel, when God confused the languages, and there was a scattering across the earth when men could no longer understand each other. And because we were born in sin and our nature was fallen, the, the gift that God gave us to communicate was skewed along with everything else. So we have a problem with communicating, and with being understood, and with understanding what is said to us. It runs through a filter that tends to garble what we hear. I want to tell you today that so much of the trouble and turmoil that happens in the home is a failure to communicate. What we have here is a failure to communicate and be understood and understand what is communicated. I learned a long time ago pastoring. I'm coming up on 30 years of pastoring, 40 years of preaching, but 30 years of pastoring. I'm going to tell you, I know it's true that 98% of church problems aren't problems at all. They are communication issues. Show me a church problem, I'll show you a communication issue. Most of us are good at communicating with our spouse, or not good at communicating with our spouse, because we think we understand what they're saying when we really don't, and they're trying to express something they haven't said in a way that helps us get it. Most of us are about as good as communicating with our spouse as we are speaking Portuguese. I'm gonna tell you, it doesn't come naturally. And not just our spouse, but with all the relationships in our life, we have a problem with communication. It takes effort, it takes trial, it takes error to learn the demanding art of effective communication. Most of us were never taught good communication skills. We were taught how to fight, we were taught how to argue, we were taught how to debate. We were taught how to win issue debates or arguments, but we weren't taught how to communicate. Poor communication, I assure you, leads to all kinds of turmoil in the home. Polls and surveys consistently demonstrate that the number one issue that can cripple a married couple's relationship is poor communication. And not as a married couple, all relationships, it's poor communication. It doesn't take long for the honeymoon to fade and the consequences of faulty communication to appear and it shows up something like this. We wake up and we say, you know, we don't talk as much as we used to. We used to talk all the time. We fight now more than ever and I feel like we're growing apart. Or even worse, I don't know who you are anymore. I thought I knew who you were. Way back when, but I, but I feel like we, we've just grown apart. There's a distance. I don't know you. I don't know who you are. I don't know who you become. I must have missed God, we say. Something's wrong with this. Maybe I need to make a switch. These feelings result from communication breakdown, which leads to communication breakups. Most divorces are all communication-based. I don't know. We have a thing. We watch Judge Judy. We do. The rest of them, you can have them. But that little lady, Judge Judy, I, I, I never have understood how somebody will travel all the way across the country to sit there and be called stupid by Judge Judy. <laughs> but they do it all the time. But one thing you do get to see when you watch Judge Judy is it's, it's mostly marriages. And you can see just watching how the communication breakdown happened. And now the people who sat there one day and said, I do and I love you and I'm committing my life to you and let's, let's grow old together and happy are now won't even look at each other. Steam is coming out their ears, they're angry, they're attacking each other, they're suing each other. So much for till death do us part. What they're thinking is I like to bring the death a little quicker. <laughs> so let me tell you first what communication is not. Communication is not just talking. Some people just have the gift of gab, but they can talk for an hour and say nothing. I'd rather spend five minutes in a substantive conversation than an hour with a good gabber who really says nothing. Too many people think that communication is just saying a lot of words. Oh, I'm good at communicating. I'm good. I got a good vocabulary. But you know what? You may have a great vocabulary and be terrible at communicating. Communicating. Talking and communicating are not synonyms. It's much, much more than that. But then there's other people who believe that communication is just listening. If I'm just a good listener, and these people, you never know what they're thinking or feeling because they won't tell you. They just sit there and listen. That's not communicating either. We need to know what you're thinking, what you're feeling. Sometimes the reason they don't communicate is because they got a spouse or somebody else in the house that dominates everything. I'm going to deal with them in a minute. Grab your toes. I used to be one of them. Still am sometimes, probably. I want my family to not amen me at all (laughs) during this conversation or during this message. Especially my daughter. Amen, Dad, that's right. Now, listen carefully. True communication has taken place when I understand what you meant to say. So communication is the sharing of meaning, not words. It's the sharing of what you mean, the successful sharing of what you mean to say and what you mean to be understood. It's not fancy words, high dollar words, big vocabulary. It's have you communicated your heart, what you meant to say, and has the listener understood what you meant to say. When the sender of a message is understood by the receiver of the message, good communication has happened. That's an art. Because see, some of times somebody will say something and that's not what they mean. And you've got to listen to what they really mean and not what they're saying. Sometimes they'll say they're irritated about something And what they're really irritated about is something very different and you've got to listen carefully to sift through what they're actually saying to get the meaning. So if I understand what you mean to say, then good communication has happened. Communication experts point out that when you talk with another person, there are actually four messages that can come through. Here they are. What you mean to say what you actually say, what the other person hears, and what the other person thinks he hears. Those are the four messages in communication in any household, any relationship. You're talking and you say something and it's what you mean to say. You mean to say a certain thing, but it may not be what you actually say. And the other person thinks they hear and understand what you're saying, but it's only what they think they heard. It's not what you actually meant to say. Do you understand what I mean? We've all seen this in communicating with other people, right? Uh, You're in the middle of a disagreement or an outright fight. I know Christians don't fight. We have hearty disagreements. But you're in the middle of a disagreement or an outright fight with words flying back and forth and, and it ends up devolving into something like this. That's not what I said. Response, that's exactly what you said. Counter response, well, that's not what I meant to say. Response, well, that's what I heard you say. Counter response, well, you heard wrong. Why can't you understand me? You always hear wrong. Response, well, why can't you understand why I can't understand you? It's the Tower of Babel in your home. And on it goes. Now, before long, have you ever noticed this? What you started out talking about is totally lost in a maze of charges and countercharges. You this, you that. Why can't you understand? Well, that reminds me way back when in 1982, when you said, and that's next week. Don't get historical or hysterical. That's next week. So I'm not gonna steal from next week, that's a tease. I love a statement that you see sometimes in offices. Other places, quote, I know but you believe you understand what you think I said, but I'm not sure you realize that what you heard is not what I meant. That's a joke. Y'all were supposed to be laughing because you know why you didn't get it? Because it didn't make any sense. And that's what we do sometimes. I know you believe, we're in a fight now. I know you believe you understand what you think I said. But guess what? I'm not sure you realize that what you heard is not what I meant at all. Real, authentic, effective communication between a husband and a wife, or any two people in a household for that matter, requires two very, very important things. Here they are. One, listening to understand. Not listening to counter, not listening to win an argument, not listening so you can debate but listening to understand what the person is meaning to say. I'm going to confess to you today, I was terrible at this, and I have to work at this all the time. I'm a one-gift guy. God gave me a, a gift with words. And what I did with it is anytime there was a discussion in the house, in my mind, my job was to win the argument. So what I would do is I would argue and I wasn't listening. The only reason I was listening to what someone else was saying was so that I could latch onto something and argue over it and tell them how they weren't right and how I'm right and they're wrong. And after all, I'm the head of the house. So you need to listen what the know-it-all has to say. And see guys, I'm taking all the heat here. So you don't have to, I did this. And one day, I was driving down the road, and the Holy Spirit came into my car. I'm serious. And the Lord said to me, you're not fair. And this was after Kathy and I had a hearty disagreement. Well, y'all are somber today. We'd had a hearty disagreement, and I was on the way to preach. God's man of faith and power for the hour. I took care of the little lady at home by winning an argument, showed her I was right and she was wrong and I got in the car and the Holy Spirit came into my car and said, you're not fair. And I said, what do you mean? He said, you're using words against her because you're stronger there than she is. And I said, but I was right. (laughs) I was even doing it with God. I was right. But he said, "Here's here's the thing, Jeff. You can win a battle and lose the war. You can win an argument, but everybody around you that was involved in the argument walks off frustrated. The real issue is not resolved. You didn't settle anything. You just won a verbal fistfight. And that's not winning. Winning is when you listen to understand and you can. So the Holy Spirit said to me, Where are you going? And I said, Well, I'm going to preach. And he said, really? Well, I'm not gonna anoint you if you don't call her. So I stopped at a payphone before there were cell phones and I got on the phone, and I called her. She answered and said, it's about time. <laughs> she said, you're not there yet, are you? And I said, no. I said, I'm sorry, I, I was wrong. And she said, I forgive you, now go preach. And I went and preached like a man from another planet. But see, here's the deal. We're not out to win arguments, we're out to understand each other. So you've got to listen to understand, and you've got to speak to be understood. Those are the two crucial things in all communication. You've got to listen to understand. Not to win anything but to understand. You've got to speak to be understood. Now let me talk about the understanding part. Listening to understand. Because this is one of the hardest struggles for me. In the book of James, the Bible beautifully addresses the listening side of communication. Points out three barriers that have got to be torn down if we're going to understand our spouse or anybody else. Three barriers that have got to be torn down. So say this with me again. We read it at the beginning, but it's so powerful. Repeat this with me. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. The context of this verse is two-way communication. James is teaching us by the Holy Ghost what comprises genuine communication. He said, if you're going to be a genuine communicator and really settle issues, you're going to have to be slow to speak, swift to hear, and slow to wrath. Now, let me just deal with those one at a time today. First one, the first barrier is apathy. And apathy is found in the little verse be swift to hear. Apathy. Swift means eager. I'm to be eager to hear and understand the person I'm communicating with. Now, I used to be eager to make my point, but that's not what he says. He said, I want you to first be swift or eager to understand the person you're listening to. I can't tell you how many problems this will solve in your home. Swift to hear. And when you're hearing, you can't act like what you're hearing or respond to it by saying things like, well, that's stupid, well, that's not true, or that doesn't make sense, or that's illogical, or, or you know, you didn't get enough sleep last night, or what have you been drinking? Because listen... It may sound silly to you, but it's real to them. Well, Pastor Jeff, what if they just say something that's from Mars? If you undermine or mock or ridicule what they have said, they're going to clam up and it'll be, it'll be snow in August in Texas before they'll talk to you again. So we have to be swift, eager to listen. When couples go to marriage counseling, This is the fact, it's very typical for one of them to be completely apathetic about truly communicating. This person is usually defensive about the counseling session. Their body language says, I don't wanna be here, I don't need to be here, it's them. This is a waste of my time. True communication requires us to tear down that barrier of apathy. If we truly care about the other person and the health of our relationship, we will be eager, eager to sit there and listen in silence without interrupting, without undermining, without mocking, without ridiculing. But they are important, and what they are saying is real to them. Now, i got to tell you why I think some people are apathetic. And, And I understand why some people are apathetic. They're apathetic because, one, past hurts. Sometimes we're apathetic about listening to another person because we've been hurt so many times that we don't believe anything is ever going to change in the relationship. We have lost hope in that relationship. And in a relationship, hope is like oxygen. Without hope, it is going to die. Without hope, that relationship is going to go down. We've given up on hope, we don't wanna be hurt, we don't wanna get our hopes up, we don't wanna hear the I'm sorry, I won't do it again, things will be different this time all over again and we lose hope. Hopelessness in a relationship leads to apathy, I don't care anymore, I'm done with this. I'm tired of beating this dead horse, banging my head up against a wall, But can I give you something that Jesus Christ said? Jesus said, everything is possible to him that believes. You know what that means? That means that Jesus can look at a dead, dusty, worn out, hopeless in the natural relationship and raise it from the dead. He can raise it from the dead. Some of you, your relationship is like Lazarus, four days in the tomb, and it stinketh. If I were to ask you to describe your relationship, you could easily say, it stinketh. But Jesus said, roll the stone of unbelief away. I'm going to speak down into that thing. He spoke to that dead man that had been dead four days. He came crawling out of that tomb, all wrapped up in grave clothes. Jesus said, unwrap him and set him free. Jesus spoke life into a dead man. He can speak life into a seemingly dead relationship and resurrect it. And one of the ways he does it is by the two people learning to communicate, not just talk. Another cause is selfishness. That's why apathy is there. It's possible to get to the point where you only care about yourself, your own plans, your pleasures, your priorities. Your mantra is, that's enough about me, now let's talk about me. Your mantra is, well, that's my opinion, now let's talk about my opinion. And guess what? If this describes you, I've I've got... Five words, that will save you thousands in counseling. And it's why I'm not a counselor because it's all I would usually tell most people. Are you ready? Admit it and quit it. Say, well, if I'm just being selfish, oh, I'm not going to take you back to your mom and I'm not going to take you back to your dad and how somebody wronged you when you were two and they didn't change your diapers right when you were three. I'm going to look you in the eye as an adult who is saved by the blood, washed in the blood of the Lamb and has the Holy Ghost in you. Admit it and quit it and quit being so selfish. Notice how tepid that clapping was, because huh? we're thinking. I want to tell you, we live in a narcissistic, self-loving culture, and the Bible never told you and me to love ourselves. The Bible told us to love God, and when you love God, you rightly see yourself the way you ought to see yourself, and when you love God, you see others the way you ought to see them. Seeing yourself rightly starts with seeing God rightly relating with God rightly will cause you to relate with yourself rightly he didn't tell us to fall in love with ourselves he said to fall in love with him the second barrier to communication is arrogance James said be slow to speak this is talking about the person who is always doing all the talking because they think their opinion is more important than anybody else's that was me It communicates to your spouse that as far as you're concerned, there's nothing worth listening to. After all, I know it all. News flash for you today. It's arrogant to think that you've got all the answers, that your spouse or children have nothing to contribute to the discussion, and it's a waste of time to let them talk. If you treat them that way, you will pay for it down the road, lady or man. The Holy Spirit's advice to every Christian home is be slow to speak listen first with eagerness i want to hear you what's on your heart what's going on what are you struggling with you can tell me i'm just going to sit here and listen we'll go for a walk we'll go for a drive and guess what it's your day to talk and my day to listen and i want to listen to what's going on inside of you you know why because you matter The Bible says in Proverbs, many are the thoughts and issues going on in a person's heart, but the man of understanding will draw it out. How do you draw it out? You draw it out by listening and shutting up. So tell me, dear, what's going on in your heart? Tell me, son, tell me, daughter, what's going on? I just want to listen. What are your temptations? What are your frustrations? What am I doing? Is there anything I'm doing I could do better?
0: Have you ever felt like a victim of miscommunication? Have you ever lost a relationship purely because of an inability to communicate? As Pastor Jeff explained in his message, the only way to experience harmony in your life is through heartfelt communication. If you've never taken the time to listen to those that matter most to you, you'll never be close with them in the way you desire. Accept God's love into your life and use it to bring joy to your relationships. Are you interested in partnering with us here at Hardwired? We'd love for you to come alongside us in supporting this ministry. All you have to do is text 817-484-4767 and enter the word GIVE to donate. That number once more is 817-484-4767 and text GIVE. Thanks so much for prayerfully considering this today and thanks for listening. When you relate to others, Do you ever find yourself completely ignoring them? In difficult situations especially, are there times when all you think about is what you want to say in response? In the next message, Pastor Jeff explains that if you want to experience newfound peace in who you are to others, you need to let Jesus guide your life. Be a completely new person by letting His grace transform what you hate most about yourself. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in for this edition of Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. You can listen to more messages from this and other books of the Bible by visiting hardwired.org. Join us next time to continue our study in the series Home Improvement right here on Hardwired.